The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the penultimate episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Picard called Vox. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel is Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father. How's it going? Very good, thanks. Folks, uh, Jimmy's not able to join us this time, but uh, Father Corey and I will hold down the fort. And uh, I want to remind you all to remember to like The Secrets of Star Trek wherever you find us in social media, like on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter where we're at SQPN. We're also on Instagram at Starquest Network. And be sure to leave us comments wherever you find us online. We love to hear from you. Uh, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called Let's Science. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash science. And finally, be sure to stick around to the end because we have more of your awesome listener feedback that we'd love to share and discuss. Uh, I, I do want to say that uh, you folks are on top of feedback. You are sending feedback <laughs> The morning that the the latest episode drops, which I have to remember to be careful about, because sometimes there's spoilers in your. In your yes. And I, yeah. <laughs> I did get one uh, one plot point to the spoiled on me by accidentally looking at the wrong email on Thursday which, morning. But yeah. I mean, that that's a that's a great problem to have. Oh, Keep yeah. it up. You we know, love to it, get you feedback. A, it, yeah. And it, it shows how much people have really enjoyed Picard season three. We talked about that at length last episode, but it yeah. really shows how much people have enjoyed this season. Most definitely. All right. Uh, time for the plot summary. Let's recap what goes on in episode nine of Vox. Picking up from last time, Jack lets Deanna Troy open the red door in his mind and she sees it's the Borg on the other side. Mm. Without telling Jack what she saw, she runs to tell Picard and Beverly that that and they just dis they discover, realize or deduce that Jack was born with organic Borg implants passed on to him by Picard slash Locutus that was misdiagnosed as Eremotic syndrome. Picard then tells Jack what's going on and wants him to go to this Vulcan institution to be essentially lobotomized, as Jack puts yeah. it. So Jack takes control of some security officers and leaves the ship in search of the Borg to confront them. Jordy and Data realize that not only is Jack a kind of Borg transmitter, but the changelings have infected Starfleet's transporters with code that implants the DNA in every person who uses them, this special Borg DNA. And it will, but it will turn out that only those, presumably the humans, we'll, let's get back to that, under the age of 25 can be assimilated this way. Picard has Shaw take them to Earth for Frontier Day, where Starfleet is about to demonstrate the Borg Light fleet synchronization system. Meanwhile, Jack has found the Borg and the Borg Queen, who jacks into his neck, sorry, and assimilates mm. him, then sends out a powerful signal which activates the Borg assimilation throughout the fleet. The assimilated Starfleet uh, uh, crew start killing the unassimilated ones. Shaw takes the TNG crew to a mate and shuttle to get off the Titan, but is killed while covering their escape. That's the spoiled bit for me, but not before passing on command to Seven. Picard and crew head to the Fleet Museum at Athen Prime, where Geordi reveals the project he's been working along all along on in Hangar 12. It's the Enterprise D, and our crew is reunited with their old ship once again. So, the end. So, a um, couple things to say up front. I guess we're not getting a Shaw spinoff series. No, no. But, but you know, again, the old, old principle of nobody, no... I mean, it looked pretty dead. He looked pretty dead. I mean, yeah. he could be mostly dead. Eyes open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I think they're done with, which is disappointing. However, I mean, he went out very well. I mean, he went yeah. out as a hero. So, yeah, I, I think he got his redemption there. He calls her seven before the end um, and yep. gives her his ship in command. So. Yeah, I it's, think someone pointed out online that they, he called her seven on the ninth episode. <laughs> seven of nine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, another thing I noticed, they put an 
accent over the O in the title for Vox. Yeah, I. Uh, that's not. I don't know the, the little tilde like yeah. you can see in you know the Enya in Spanish, and I don't know why they made that choice because it, in Vox in Latin is V O X. There's no yeah. There's no tilde symbol in Latin. Uh, by the way, they do hang a lantern on the Borg use of Latin, but we will get to that because there's several things to talk yep. about with regard to that. Kind of fun, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get into it because there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, Troy is. Troy starts by telling uh, Jack, you know, there's nothing more elusive than a door that the mind does not wish to open. I like that line. That's a pretty pretty good line. Mm-hmm. It's that avoidance of unpleasantness that we have naturally in us. Exactly. That, that, that where we can kind of, kind of put out, put out of our mind, anything that's difficult, that's painful that we, you know, we can negotiate it away. We can do whatever, you know, anything, but actually deal with it. Right. Right. Um, then we have this jazz song playing that we heard at the beginning in the first episode mm-hmm. when we first saw Beverly ship. Um, it's the can't stop crying over you. I think is the title of the, it's yeah. at least one of the lyrics right. anyway. Um, I'm not quite sure if, if what it means other than it's connected to Beverly's nostalgia for Picard. So, um, yeah, it's well, it was a song that Picard introduced her to, you know, put on right. her mixtape. OK. And uh, and she would play it a lot. OK. And so, and so the, it's as much a connection between Picard and Beverly as between the two of them and Jack. OK. And that's presumably why Jack is hearing that in whatever his vision is, is uh, mm-hmm. that that he has this connection to Picard. Um, and we also get an explanation for the branching red branching stuff. Um, it comes from a visit that Jack and Beverly made when he was a kid to the Crimson Arboretum on Raritan 4, uh, mm-hmm. where these particular plants, um, these flowers Beneath the 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 earth, the ground, they're all connected. The the roots right. are all connected, and so um, beneath the soil, the vines are connected, and so uh, th- this it implies the connection that he craves with the Borg. Um, it right. is right and true and pers- purposeful and perfect that they would be connected. Is yeah. is how he puts it. And they're and they even show them, you know, like supposedly under the ground, and they look like synapses which which troy uh neurons excuse me neurons yeah and where troy even kind of says this you know these look like they're neurons you know right calls that out so part of a hive mind in that sense um Mm -hmm. and it's interesting how jack told picard earlier he doesn't he's not looking for connection he's not interested in making connection but of course it it turns out he really has been it's been something inside him all along from you know childhood this craving of a connection and it turns out like the connection to the Borg. So exactly. Um, Deanna opens the door and we see, we don't see what she sees for at first. We just sees, we just see her horrified expression, which is, which was yeah. pretty good. And then well, actually the first time we see it, it's she opens the door and we see her from behind and you see the lights kind of poking out, you know, the Borg like lights right, poking out. And then it shows us her expression later. And, what she saw. Now let's talk about the Borg showing up here. You know, in the end, I mean, uh, all credit goes to those who predicted that the Borg would be the big bats. I, I, all credit goes to that. Yeah. Some folks expressed some disappointment. They were hoping it would be the Pa Wraith and uh, the changelings. And I, in retrospect, it had to be the Borg in the end, after all, mm-hmm. in a, for the final, what's presumably the final season of a, Star Trek Picard focusing on Jean-Luc Picard you had to have the final confrontation between Picard and the Borg there just had to be right yeah yeah and, and I admit there was by and large I really enjoyed this episode I mean this was a great episode yeah but there are two things that just mildly disappointed me and one of them was the Borg right the fact that it, the big bads were the Borg and they did they will answer later how the Borg could, or how Jack through the Borg could control other people yes and hear the voices of other people so they do answer that question because that's a question we came up with earlier when we were talking about you know who is the big bad right um but it still was disappointing i mean we see a lot of the borg in recent shows but it does explain why the theme music at the end the closing credits music is the first contact closing credits music how there's you know themes about the borg 
kind of interspersed. Uh, there was a video by uh, the YouTuber Major Grin where he's got, you know, he does a lot of really interesting editing and stuff. And he's put everything in Picard up to season, episode eight that, that showed the boar. Right. You know, that was explicit. And it's, and I, I even posted it to, I think, Discord and said, I really hope this isn't it. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I, I'm not, I'm not like so much disappointed. Uh, I guess I just felt like it was inevitable, but I agree. We've seen so much of the Borg last season, this season. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we need to talk about that in a second. Um, but yes. I'm, I think I'm okay with it. I just, I mean, I see the inevitability, but it just feels like we've been over this ground so many times. The Borg assimilating everything, the Borg assimilating mm-hmm. everything. And uh, I kind of was hoping for something new, but I understand it as well. Yeah, I would have liked it if they would have kept it with the changelings and that it was something the changelings had worked on. Yeah. Because now you notice the changelings are gone. They're just mentioned of, oh, yeah, they've been working with the Borg. So we don't care about the changelings anymore. Right. The Borg's the real threat. They were a means to an end in it all. Yep. Yeah. And some folks were like, oh, we would, you know, the paw race. I was hoping to see Cisco. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, come on. That's DS9. That's a DS9 story. That's not a, a, right. a TNG story. And it had to be a TNG story. So. I guess I, yeah. I, I see that too. I mean, I think the t- the changelings were also a DS nine foe, so that may be why you'd be thinking that. Um, but what it tells me is that we need a, a, a DS nine series. <laughs> no, but of course, <laughs> but of course. Um, so we get this um, from Beverly that some transceivers and receivers can be organic. We we have this reference to how like birds, like starlings in flight, like a murmuration of starlings all can wheel and turn without any audible mm-hmm. communication. They're communicating somehow between each other and other species can do that. So there's, there's a real, you know, some kind of connection. Um, and that's perhaps there's an organic transceiver inside of Jack. Okay, mm-hmm. by that. And that that also yep. explains why Picard has all along, even you know, once he had his Borg yes. implants taken out, has still continued to hear the Borg in his head. Um that's a well, nice that explanation. Was something that that's something they put into first contact, but really never discussed how he could do it. Yeah. How could he have that connection with the Borg, even though he had no nanoprobes, he had none of that. Right. Right. So it's again, once again, Terry Metallus mining the Trek lore, closing loops, you know, doing all yeah. that. So that's really, that was really good. Um, but okay. 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 I was going to say, and, and, you know, I was going to say, just talking about the fact that they basically planted a DNA time bomb yes. in him. Yeah. That went on to Jack. Right. Right. Um, and so, and kind of retcons the aromatic syndrome of the last two seasons uh, and the yeah. best of both worlds, because let's, to be honest, that came yeah. from the TNG itself, the, the finale, right. but, um, yeah, it kind of undoes that, which, and he also kind of, I don't know, does it change how I feel about Picard's death? I mean, in a way it almost like his, the, the death of his body in season two. Yes. Um, it almost feels, was that season two? Yeah. Season one. Season one. Right. Um, it almost feels like Metallus's commentary on that. Like we shouldn't have done that. I, you know, I, I get the feeling he kind of agrees with a lot of fans that season one and two, while they had their, their merits are, we're not what we wanted. Right. Well, a lot of fans wanted, we wanted what we've gotten in season three. Yes. The TNG crew back together. I mean, this is TNG episode yes. or season eight. I mean, that's really what this is in space. Let's be honest in the 25th century, not running around 21st century, Los mm-hmm. Angeles, which, you know, exactly. Uh, all right, let's get to the, the big retcon here or possible retcon, which is I've heard the one thing I've heard most <laughs> since this episode aired. Beverly says the Borg haven't been seen in over a decade. And, oh, yes. And everyone says, uh, we saw them last season at the end with uh, last year. <laughs> yeah. And with Agnes, Gerardi, and, you know, what about those Borg and Queen? Uh, yep. I didn't go back and rewatch or the end of that, or is it a separate hive? Are they somehow different, you know, separate? We shouldn't consider them to be real Borg. Do they, is it because they came from another time? What, what do you think? Yeah. I, I think that it is a different hive. 
you know, it, it is a different collective and they are watching that rift or whatever they were, you know, I can't remember exactly how they put it, but basically they yeah. were going to stand guard over that rift. That was, you know, subspace, whatever, what, you know, the, the techno babble rift that they have. Right. Um, and so, and it's possible too. of course, there's always the, you know, well, this is top secret and she wasn't in Starfleet anymore. So she never heard about it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, although it's a prominent line to throw out there, you wouldn't even have to throw out there. And you'd think that they would wonder. And now it could be that in episode 10, the finale, they'll come right out and and say something yeah. about it. Uh, they just didn't have well, the time in this one. Someone pointed out that um, there was a reference in episode three where Shaw talks about, you know, we, we aren't going to have any good Borg coming out, coming to help us or something like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's true. You know, by the so, way, you also reminded me, just now reminding me that the end of season two, they were setting up season three, weren't they, with that rift? Like there was supposed to be something having to do with this rift. And there's another problem that's potentially related to this. So either yeah, that rift is going to end up being brought up in season episode 10, which seems weird to bring it up at the, such a last uh, second, or we're, we're, we just threw that out. Yeah. And I, I hate to say it. There's a lot of things in season three that feels like season one, two or be just thrown out. Yeah. I mean, there really are. I mean, it just, it feels to me that it's just, we're forgetting about all this. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know. the the completionist or the uh, the, you know, the continuity uh, uh, completionist in me br bristles a bit at that. But on the other hand, I'm OK with it. <laughs> but if they do, a, if they do a future episode, if they do Star Trek legacy, like keeps getting yeah. rumored with seven of nine as captain of the Titan. There's a plot line they could follow there. Now, by the way, now we know why. All the rumors about a Star Trek legacy with seven as captain were out there. These people knew that Shaw died. So, uh, yeah, which frankly well, leads me to believe that there's more to those rumors and ideas than I'd previously given credit to. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, there there were um, YouTubers that got to see the entire season right. before it even started airing. Right. And so those were the ones that were kind of leaking out some of these ideas. And then you get a couple others that that are supposedly have actual connections with Hollywood. They're not just, you know, spitballing things like we do, yeah. you know, but they have actual connections to Hollywood that are mm. saying, yeah, this is a legitimate rumor, you know, that there could, this could happen. I, I'd love to see it. I, I, we've introduced some interesting Same characters and, and interesting things. So I'd, I'd love to see it. Yep. So, um, all right. So Troy is right. Jack is now dangerous and should be treated as such. Um, he's a, uh, yep. He's a Borg that feels and cares and thinks independent thoughts, uh, which is interesting. Well, is he actually fully a Borg yet? And that, that's one of the questions he asks is, you know, so I've had this desire. I've known that things are wrong in the world and that if people could just listen to each other and, you know, that sounds fine and see each other for who they are. And that sounds fine. And have one mind and one thought, one collective. And it's just like, oops, you know. Yeah. Even he goes and he says, how much of that was me? How much of what I am is me? Mm. And I think what they're setting up, and again, this is trying to guess what's going to happen in the next episode, because they've only got about an hour. Let's give or take yeah. to wrap all this up. He's going to be how the Borg get undermined. Yes. He's going to be how the Borg get stopped. Right. And he, he makes it explicit. That's what he's doing. He's going to find the Borg to show the queen who he is. Right. It, it is interesting, by the way, that that speech he gives about, you know, I've always thought that people can only, you know, think one thought. And it's kind of the whole uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like, yeah. if only we could take away everyone's free will, everything would be perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, not really. Um, and uh, yeah, it is interesting to think. Because we, in the next episode, we not only have to have the defeat of the Borg, but we also have to have the wrap up, the postscript and all yep. that sort of stuff. So there's a lot to do. So my guess is it's going to be about three quarters, two thirds, you know, defeating the Borg and a third to a quarter of the of the postscript. But it'll be interesting to see exactly. how, that, how that comes about. Um, so Picard's old fire about the Borg comes out in that discussion in in jack's quarters mm -hmm. that they have i really like seeing that in picard again um, yep. i wonder if if jack is going to be this locutus 
the better Locutus in the sense like the, the queen has said in several times, I think it was in first contact and was it was the first contact. Yeah. First contact. Yeah. And in um, other places, how she was looking for Locutus to be a counterpart to her, not just another right. drone, but another ca- a counterpart. Um, and maybe Jack is, is supposed to be that counterpart. That, that Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I, See, I, I think it, it, he's a different position because you notice he, she doesn't talk about him as the speaker. She right. talks about him as the voice right. box instead of Locutus, which is supposed to be the speaker. Yeah. And so he's supposed to basically the way I took it is he's supposed to be a signal booster, an organic signal booster for the board collective signal. Right. So it's not about, for Locutus, it was about what he knew about Starfleet. Yep. Uh, whereas for Jack, it's just who he is. He's just a convenient exactly. tool. Interesting. He's a transmitter. Yeah. He's a transmitter. And of course, and that's part of what the Borg ended up implanting in him through Locutus. And they say that, you know, this came from Locutus. Long, it's a long game. And it assumes that Picard's going to have a child, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, there's and, you the know, potential flaw in their it, plan. <laughs> true. True. But of course, you know, that the, the Borg aren't always known for planning the best, even for being a, you know, a yeah. collective species. Or they throw a lot of things out there and see which stick, you know, that's it. There's always that, too. Yeah. Been, <laughs> that could be it, too. But, but you know, but, but it is a it is a uh, species that can afford to play the long game. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, because they, they just, just keep adding people to it. So it doesn't matter if a drone dies or a thousand or a hundred thousand drone dies. They just add them, add more. Right. And then they, and it doesn't matter if a, if a, if a thousand plans fail, if one succeeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. Picard tells Jack that Starfleet protocols dictate that we act in the interest of everyone else, which is another mm-hmm. variation on the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few of the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack responds, what about the protocols of a father? And this is another time where Jack kind of throws out at him. And remember that that flashback to the scene in the bar where yep. Picard's loyalty to Starfleet as his family versus his actual family obligations. And this tension within Picard between these two poles in his life uh, come yep. out again, which is, uh, I think, a nice a, a nice draw because there are a lot of people who feel these tensions between duty a high, you know, a duty to a larger institution, whether it's duty to their country mm-hmm. or duty to whatever, or to to God, and duty to their family or their loved ones. Oh yeah, and that's, that's a balance. I mean, you would know far better than I would. You know that every father has to deal with. You yeah. know, you've got your job and you've got your family and you've got your responsibilities to the to the government or to the the, the country and all these things. And how do you balance that? And Picard has not until recently had to deal with that. Right. Because he didn't know he was a father until recently. I do like how between Riker and Picard and Beverly, frankly, we we're really pulling mm-hmm. out all of these strings about uh, and Jordy. Uh, don't forget Jordy. Yeah. Um, about oh, family and uh, you know the obligations of parents and their children and these bonds that are important. I really think some of the best stories out there are stories that kind of tease out these bonds of love, of familial love. Star Wars has done it from the beginning. This has always been about fathers mm-hmm. and sons and daughters and mothers and, and all that. Yep. And I think Star Trek, some of the best Star Trek has done it too with these bonds that we see. Well, it's, it's interesting in TNG, the, the focus was on Worf for that. Yes. Because he had Alexander. Yes. And I mean, that was a, a little bit later that they brought him in, but that was still an aspect that Worf had to deal with. And now Worf, they surprisingly, they haven't even mentioned him yet. That Alexander. Kind of surprised or, me they haven't met. Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. I think Alexander's is gone. I think, I mean, he was. They wrote him off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they retconned Alexander out of existence, frankly. I mean, he was like a Klingon but, but warrior for still, a bit, but that's it. Yeah. But they, it's still, it's just, that was something in TNG that. Yeah, brought this up in the first place. And Picard kind of had to deal with that a little bit because as the captain of this, this, this flagship with all these children, he's kind of a father figure. It's almost like a priest, like we call as we priests are called father. Yeah, Captain Picard kind of played that role a little bit too. 
maybe not a spiritual father, but still a father figure within the ship. Yeah. Metaphorical father in, in that case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when Jack takes control of the security officers to escort him off the ship to, you know, to go to the shuttle, uh, you know, Picard's like, what is this? And he says, futility. I love that because, you know, because <laughs> resistance is futile, you know? Resistance. So it's got, it's that, that's a weighted phrase there. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out the voice in Jack's head was never Beverly after all, even though we, you know, we'd heard uh, Gates McFadden's yep. voice, but it turns out it was yep. the Borg Queen's voice. Um, well, it, if you notice too, it changed after he said that. Yeah. It just subtle, but it changed from Gates McFadden to Alice Krieg, who is voicing yes, the Queen. Alice Krieg has returned uh, to to that original role. We don't see her face at all, which is interesting. It no, nope. which is, I don't know. I mean, we do we? Is it because there? It's suspense, a dr- dramatic. We we're not we're not going to see her until later, or is it because Alice Krieg is now twenty something years older and doesn't look like the Borg Queen who shouldn't age at all? Um, I mean, we yeah. got we got a, a retcon um, on why Brent Spiner looks older. <laughs> so yeah, well, in in the, the the person who plays the queen is not her; it's someone else. There is a, oh, a body okay. double. I see that is, you see it in the credits. It's a body double, and of course, you know they could CGI her in. I mean, it would not be that hard just to CGI in her face, right? Not in not with modern, you know, again, modern technology with the de-aging and stuff like that. It's not that hard. Yeah, it really wouldn't be that hard anymore. I mean, so, last, and it's yeah. and it's possible that's why they didn't show it is because it's not hard. But that doesn't mean it's cheap either. I mean, last season, they solved this by having Andy Wershing just recast as mm-hmm. it. But uh, unfortunately, and sadly, Andy Wershing died between seasons shortly after. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, still shocking, and, and there's but, also yeah. the aspect of the the queen being the voice in the darkness. It is suitably creepy. Kind of keep yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Um, there is a poignant scene where Beverly and Jack, uh, Beverly and, and John Luke are in the uh, conference room off the bridge. And Beverly kind of talks about how she's now lost two sons. And it is poignant. Mm-hmm. That is wow. That is. That would be tough. That that's would hard. Be I mean, Wes is not dead and neither is Jack for that matter, but they've both been taken away from her where she doesn't have mm-hmm. in touch with them. Uh, that that is I am glad we don't like paper over Beverly's loss in order to emphasize Picard's loss because his loss is while it's still tragic it's not nearly the, the loss of a mother losing two sons yeah. so yeah especially again since he only recently found out he was a father there's a line later where it where it talks about there she said you know says it says so much about you that it took this long for the Borg to come out in Jack paraphrasing but yeah you know, it took that he held out this long right right and i'm still wondering whether wesley is going to be part of the solution at all you know to save his brother i don't know i don't know i don't know because there were, there were rumors that we were going to see evil wesley that he was you know he kind of turned against but i don't think so i don't i don't think so i it feels weird that boy, you would this would be finished the the tng return which we get without one of the characters. We even saw Tasha in a hologram, you know, yep. but we don't, but we, the, the idea that we wouldn't see Wesley at all. is kind of weird to me. I just, well, but again, we're coming down to the last minutes of this season. Yeah. Those last minutes of a nine hour plus movie. And they haven't even introduced him except mentioning him by name in the ninth episode, the ninth part. Could be a Deus Ex Machina solution to the because we, the, yeah. it seems like there's how are this like they've gotten themselves so deep in the hole. How could they possibly fix this? I wonder if even just Wesley showing up in Jack's vision to strengthen him against the Borg infiltration in his mind or something along those lines. Like, I, I can mean, that, see that, that. Could be it. Just yeah, it's it's. I mean, obviously he had the cameo at the end of season two. Yes. But that was it, yeah. you know, and I just what, what what sits uncomfortable for me with this is just this idea of all of a sudden we are going to do a deus ex machina. This season has been so well written by and large. Yeah, it really has. And then all of a sudden you throw in the oh, by the way, Wesley comes in and saves the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't want him or to come save in and, the day. and wave his hand, <laughs> but I would I wouldn't mind having him be a part of it somehow. Even OK, maybe even just after the denouement, after the the they defeat the Borg, he shows up 
on the bridge of the D and says, hey, everybody. And we end with a shot of the whole crew there. I'd be OK with yeah. that. It, it would be fan, that, that, I mean, fan service, but I'd be OK with it. I, as, as I put on Discord, I'm here for the fan service. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm so here for the fan service. All right. <laughs> Speaking of fan service, uh, especially for us mm. ship geeks, we get to see mm-hmm. the Enterprise F. Nice. Very nice. With, with Admiral Elizabeth Shelby. Yes. In command. We get to see her you know, fulfill her prediction, by the way. From, yes. from all the way back to Best of Both Worlds. Yeah, well, she's fleet admiral, so she's the top admiral, and she's in charge of the Enterprise F. Is she in charge? Like, she's not the CNC. They keep changing the name of the the person in charge of the whole fleet. Is she the CNC? No, no. uh, Fleet admiral is is kind of like, like I said, the top admiral. The top admiral of this particular fleet. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a chief chief of staff or something like that right position kind of a step below um, like whatever whoever's in charge like with Janeway yeah. was in charge of everything so like she she would be the one who would in theory coordinate all the fleet where the fleet is going to go that's why she's involved in this whole idea of the fleet control right. and all that right right like the but, chief of it, operations. but it is, yeah. it is funny though you know in best best of both worlds she was so upset with Riker that he was standing in her way well she just went right around him to the top so <laughs> right. that Ed, didn't stop her Ed got the center seat of the enterprise not the d yep. not the e but the f which is good f um yep. i kind of like the f it kind of a kind of a fat little ship i guess well it's got it's bulky let's put it that way yeah it's not as sleek it's got as a, the e got a little bit of the uh Got a little bit of the uh, sovereign class and the or the uh, saucer section. Yeah, it does, especially in the cells. I, I gotta say, I'm kind of sad that the sovereign class is gone. That the Enterprise E is never really got much time on screen. Uh, I kind of like Although, that ship. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did too. I, yeah. I, I actually, I, I hate to say it, and I'm probably going to cause controversy, but I like the E better than the D. <laughs> I know. I'm with you on that. I like the E better than the D. But uh, yeah, we I know, love. I love yeah. that as. Okay. I love that so when they're in the shuttle going to get the D. By yeah. way, spoiler, we already referenced it, but at the end we get to see the D. Yeah. They take off in the D. But um they're going to get it and well we can't use the E and everybody looks at Worf. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. We don't know what he did, <laughs> but something went wrong with the with the E. I don't know if he was captain at the time or what. But yeah, somehow he's tentatively responsible. Is, I mean, there is an idea that because we saw the E in Prodigy in that big battle where all the Starfleet vessels are turned against each other. Yeah. That that was the event that destroyed the e, destroyed or at least damaged the E beyond repair. Right. Right. Yes. We talked about that before that we'd seen that uh, that some people had seen that. So it is uh, it is interesting. So uh, so with the F is here. Uh, those fireworks for Frontier Day, by the way, make an awful lot of noise for being in space. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I usually the give, old, yeah, I kind of give them, like, extend a little bit of uh, suspension of disbelief for a lot of the space noise, because otherwise these, it would be very strange to, to, to watch these it was, space shows. It was transmitted over subspace, you know, so that people could hear them. Quote yes, unquote. We, <laughs> we, we created artificial fireworks noise for you. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, and so they're going to demonstrate the very Borg-like fleet synchronization. I think someone on somewhere in Discord or somewhere uh, mentioned there should be a big button set that says "Turn off fleet synchronization" that the captain can push if something goes wrong, yeah. like this sort of thing. Have we never not learned anything from way well, back with the M5 computer? Well, and that's that's actually that gets uh, Admiral Shelby gets called on it and realizes her mistake about one minute too late. Or, yeah. You know. But um, yeah, it was well, and that, and of course, what happened is you know, like they get all locked in, and they're under control of Admiral Shelby in theory, and the Titan comes in, and the Titan immediately gets grabbed as well. Yeah, as part of this, yep. so every fleet, every ship in the fleet that is in that sector, in theory, sector or that area, is lined up in this synchronization. Yeah, which in theory is a good idea, but. That's always been a, a struggle in Star Trek is how much automation can you do? Like you said, the M5 from TOS. Mm-hmm. We've seen it um, time and time again in other, other things, other, um, other shows where even like talking about the, the Android revolt right. on Mars, yes. stuff like that. It's, it's at the core of Star Trek. The Star Trek philosophy has always been that 
no matter what progress we make, what no matter what technology we create, humanity and well, you know, we'll include all the aliens in it too. But humanity yep. is at the core and should never be removed. It's vital. Our humanity is vital to everything we do, whether it's exploration or, you know, in mm -hmm. defense or anything like that. But the human the human person, the human nature is yep. vital and should never be removed in place of purely technological solutions or purely logical solutions for, for that right. matter. Um, and this well, is another they, example. They hinted at that a, yeah. hinted at that a couple of times in this, this season where, you know, we're going to maximum work. Shouldn't you let engineering know? Oh, that's all automated now. Yeah. Yes, you know, they of did. Course that means that's something that can be controlled by the computer, not by humans. Same thing with uh, the the link between the ships. You know, of course, we saw that as oh, this is this is disturbing because then they can find right. the Titan, but we don't realize it's even more disturbing than we thought. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, also, the also true is the our just our our concern at transporters, the problem of transporters. Oh yes, uh, we have we, Dr. McCoy was right from the very beginning yep. the transporters are a bad thing um it's, well and they made them even more disturbing in this yeah I mean, how they work right they don't they, they, bas they basically have base code for each species so they say every human has this code every vulcan has this code every you know yeah and that's that's supposed to you know cut down on the data stream but that's kind of creepy if you think about it where every person who's gone through that transporter, yeah, it probably hasn't rewritten anything, but still the fact is it it took part of them and said, we're going to leave this on the cutting room floor, beam you over, and then just reinsert it. And yeah. hope we didn't make a mistake in coding that. I mean, it kind of goes to the point where for 99%, more than 99% of the DNA of every human being is the same from one person to the next. And there's that 1% yep. that differentiates us from each other. Um, and so that's exactly. kind of what they're going at there. And so that the, the Borg figured out how to m insert their special Borg organic implants into yep. that 99%. Um, they, yeah, they basically write DNA assembly into the through the changelings into the transporter systems. So every person who being, went through the transporters, which is, by the way, why Roland did not want to go through it. Right. Um. But every person who went through the transporter, um, they got this extra code written in, this extra assembly written into their DNA. Right. And that ended up them becoming trans uh, receivers. Now, I, and, and they also get around the problem, the, the, the logic problem, the story problem of, well, if everybody's got this in their DNA, then everybody is, can be assimilated by the Borg and therefore ends the story. But Beverly points out that only People under the age of 25, their frontal lobes are still under or prefrontal cortex is still under development. Right. And that's why they can be assimilated. And anyone over the age of 25 can't. But of course, there's a hole in that. So, well, no, there isn't. There isn't because it's not everyone under the age of 25. It's everybody whose prefrontal cortex has not been. OK, finished. It's still in development. And then they say such as. Before the age of 25 for humans. Okay. And other species, it's presumably a different period. Different age. So Vulcans could be 100 years or something like that, you know. And other species that don't have prefrontal cortexes would not be assimilated, but would presumably be treated like the rest of the unassimilated crew. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. I'll buy that. Now, there was. There, <laughs> yeah. It, no, it, it made sense. It yeah. made sense that it would be whatever, you know, for this prefrontal cortex, whatever point that it fully matures, it no longer works. Um. I did like the, the the take again I saw online. I can't remember. Sorry if it was somebody on Discord. Yeah. It's almost like Terry Metalla saying, okay, this is the old Star Trek fans taking back Star Trek <laughs> from the young Star Trek fan that are that have ruined it through discovery. I suppose that's one way to look at it. I kinda I mean the other thing the other way to look at it, I mean, and I, I and I appreciate that actually. That's kind of funny. Um the other way is it's symbolic of the idea of we have to save Star Trek, to save to save the Federation, it will take mm -hmm. our older crew. Like they, the old people yep. are not disposable. <laughs> you know, exactly. we're still important. The young, you know, the young people are vital and and all that. But um, but it's the it's age and maturity that saves the day here. Exactly. Uh, I'm 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 all with that. <laughs> I, I, it works for me too. Um. So they. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's my my note here is of course being old is what saves them. It's poetic, is my note. 
Yeah. Uh, so the Jack ends up. On, we mentioned how Jack ends up on board the Borg vessel and goes into the, the Queen's chamber, and she's talking to him and she calls him Regenerati and Puer Dei, yep. and he does make this like you have this fondness for Latin <laughs> for some reason, yeah. <laughs> which I think is great because because uh, you know uh, Picard was Lucutus. Um, no one really explains why the Borg Queen likes Latin. Um, but I think I thought it was very interesting that she calls him pure dei, which is a a term. It means child of God, and of course, is a term yeah. we usually in in Christian Christianity in the, in the Catholic Church we reserve to God, to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is pure dei. Right. Well, and and we are children of God as well. I mean, we are children right. of you know as through baptism, through you know we have been uh, um, adopted as children of God. Sure. Yep. But yeah, he is the child. He is the son of God. Yeah, so which is yeah. very different, and I, I like that where he goes. I'm neither the regeneration nor a child of God. Right. I mean, in a sense, he's functioning in the story as sort of an antichrist figure, where he's where he's being seen as being used by the Borg Queen mm-hmm. as a anti savior in in the sense of he cause to cause the downfall of many as opposed to the salvation right. of many, and well. Although, and it kind of depends on the perspective, though. From the Borg's perspective, he is seen as a savior. Right. That's why she calls him that. Right, right, right. No, I agree with that. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, metaphorical role that Jack is playing in this story as the the, mm-hmm. the son. Um, you know, the queen would be the, in the, the role of Satan. He is the, the son and she's corrupted him. It could be also that he plays a Christ-like role where he gives, you know, the son sacrifices himself to save the many yeah. like Jesus did at Easter, and, which is appropriate for when we're watching this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think that's the more likely conclusion and whether or not he survives, we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, it would be interesting if he, it does end up being a sacrificial. Yeah. Or resurrection. <laughs> or resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah does that. Uh, so that would be, that would be interesting to see. But, uh, and, and I just, you know, as a Catholic watching this, I just heard Puer Dei and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's just kind of. Yeah, exactly. Just set me back for a second. Um, so um, the the our TNG crew gets to the Titans maintenance deck. They're trying to get on board a maintenance shuttle to get off the ship. Um, Shaw and Seven and Rafi are all there as well. But the Borgified crew have found them. Uh, and yeah. the. Um, and so Shaw and Rafi and Seven stay behind to cover their escape because our TNG crew has to make it to the oh, MD yes. alone without anyone else. You know, of course, I, I, I do. I do love uh, Troy as they come out of oh, the turbo lift open. I've never been so happy to see so many wrinkles. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a great line. Um, but by the way, did we close the loop on Shelby? She was killed. She died. Um, sort of. Yeah. A, sort of. So a she retributed show her as. Yeah, so as we haven't quite mentioned this point yet, but when Jack jacks in, yep, or is jacked in, you know, he has the the snake uh, cables jammed into his back. It sends out a Borg signal, and all the young crew, and we see the two LaForge daughters, we see uh, some of the other bridge crew yep. uh, get taken over, um, and then we see Shelby. It's like, what's going on? We hear her. She's talking. She's trying to figure it out because because. Card sends out a message to say, you know, Admiral Shelby, there's, you know, th- we've got a problem here, you know, and about that time, then the signals cut off and we see her uh, standing there trying, they're, they're taking over the bridge, they're taking over the bridge and two of them literally assassinate her. I mean, it's like right. point blank phaser shots. Right. That's right. There, by the way, we see a lot of ships, interesting ship names in there. There's, oh, yes. There's uh, an Excelsior 2. There's um. Uh, what was some of the other ones? There was a Reliant. Okay, so a. I've got a bunch, bunch of them. Uh, yeah, so I've got a bunch of them. Okay. Um, so we've got the USS Ross, and that's I'm guessing that's Admiral Ross from DS9. Yep. Um, the USS Akuda, as in Denise and Mike Akuda, who were who have been oh, long yeah. time TNG scientific advisors effects. to uh, yes, and special effects. Yep. And special effects as well. Yep. The USS Gagarin, as in Yuri Gagarin. Yeah. Uh, the USS Harlan, as in Harlan Ellison. Right. Uh, the USS Hikaru Sulu. Very no, nice. No need explanation there. Yeah. USS Cochrane. Again, no need there. 
Uh, and then the USS Drexler, who he was actually a member of the art department for generations in DS9 and then was was now a concept designer for Picard. Oh. And so there's a and the only reason I know this is there's a a, a tweet from uh, Terry Metalis where it's the Akudas and this Drexler. Sorry, I forgot to write down his first name. I, th- I think it starts with a D, but I can't remember. Yeah. But that they were there at Metalis's house, I'm assuming, watching Picard. Oh, cool. There was also a Pulaski, so, which could be Catherine Pulaski, but it could also oh, be Casimir Pulaski, a famous Polish hero. Um, yep. Uh, there's a f- I'm, I'm going to assume it's Dr. Pulaski. Let's do that. Uh, there's the USS Forrest, which could be Admiral Forrest from Enterprise. Mm. That, mm. that was, I was thinking, That's right. could have been him. Forgot um, about him. Yeah. And then there was a couple other interesting ones as well. But I, I, I now, there was, yeah, there was a Reliant A. Yep. That's right. It wasn't the Defiant A. It was a Reliant A. Yeah. There was a Defiant class or something in, involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was just a lot of fun. There was looking, looking at all the ship names. So stuff. many little, little names that they threw in. And of yeah. course, we had the NX01F. Yes. Well, one th- one thing we should should mention is we were questioning what was this Frontier Day, and we weren't quite sure about it. Yes. But Admiral Shelby explains it. It's 250 years since the NX-01 Enterprise Launched. left space dock. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So we finally have that. They went the when they first went out to the final frontier. You know when humanity yep. in the although it was it's. Essentially, I think the way they put it is because humans had been out there already, but with the launch of the first warp five capable uh, starship, it's essentially the the beginning of Starfleet, which, you know, we kind of we talk about the U.S. Navy's birthday um, and there are Mm -hmm. several different dates that are sometimes thrown out. But and there's one that's on the calendar, but one is the launch of the. uh, U.S. Constitution is sometimes Mm. uh, seen as the, you know, potentially. The you know old Ironsides, the uh, beginning of the U.S. Navy. Well, is, is that sort there, of thing. Isn't there one that kind of predate that predates the Revolutionary War that they use? Yes, there was the one for the Continental Navy, where the the uh, the right. U, the Continental Congress uh, passed an, a, an act, a law to fund and found a Continental Navy. And some people, you know, there's some dispute. And I think that's the date that right. is on the calendar uh, for the U.S. Navy's that's, birthday. That's the one the Navy celebrates. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a couple different ones um, that you could, you could uh, look at there. Um, but in any case, so that, yes, that is what Frontier Day is. Uh, there's a moment once they get on board the shuttle where, you know, Data and uh, and Jordy are getting the shuttle ready. And Data's like, there's just no way we can survive <laughs> this. And he says, Data, could you be a little more positive? And Data turns to him and, and a very positive voice says, I hope we die quickly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to pause and laugh at that one because that was hysterical. Yes, and did that look on his face like? <laughs> Could you be a little more positive? <laughs> well, there's another another great line regarding data. I, I, I think it was Seven that said it. Where or yeah, and she goes, "The robot's right," and he gives her just a dirty look. <laughs> yeah, the robot's right. It's like, hey. <laughs> That's an insult. Yeah. So we mentioned that uh, this is where Shaw gets shot and dies and Seven and Rafi stay behind. Mm-hmm. I, I am pleased that Rafi says, I'm not leaving you, you know, and they yep. leave it at that. They don't have to expand on it. They just like they, yep. they are. They're close and connected and we don't have to go any further than and, that. And the last line, the con is yours, seven of nine. Yes. Very nice. Very nicely done. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I, I will salute Captain Shaw. <laughs> your memory will yep. live on so uh jordy mm-hmm. comes up with the plan he's been he's got been restoring a hot rod in the uh garage out back behind the shade tree <laughs> yes yes that, that that's very much uh you know like if if your dad's hot rod got wrecked years ago and you're able to find it in the junkyard and restore it yeah. that's what he did i mean with the enterprise d it this stretches the bounds of credibility to a, a bit. I mean, you have this <laughs> massive warship. Yeah, it's like I had the USS uh, New Jersey battleship BB-62 that I've been restoring, you know, in, a, in my spare time. Now, he was in charge of the Fleet Museum, and yep. so that is part of the idea. So yeah. you could you could see it. And, it, and it, they did say that it was, you know, the, the USS Syracuse, which is, I think, a, a galaxy class ship we yeah. never saw. Yep. Um, but 
Got her that's what provided the star drive section. Yeah, that's yeah true. the star drive section. This um, is true. And so all you had to do was restore the saucer section, which we know was recovered from Viridian Three, right. where it crashed. Right, right. He did say that. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah. so it meant that he spent twenty years redoing the saucer section, and he's been. Uh, and apparently the ship can be run with only the bridge crew because they've automated enough of it, which is a bit ironic uh, considering. He, well, and this is, this is very much search for Spock. Yeah. Where they stole the original enterprise That's right. when it was all battered and bruised. That's and Scotty true. automated a bunch of it. Yeah. And um, he, Jody does say something like, well, the reason we have to take this old ship is because it's analog. And it's like, Oh, it's not analog no, it's, it's not. just not it doesn't have the new like fleet synchronization equipment installed just say that don't call it analog well <laughs> and of course we we got it we got to answer one another controversy here the defiant a is sitting there it's a literal warship but designed to fight the borg <laughs> exactly <laughs> but of course they, you can't have the the enterprise crew taking you know, a, 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 a Worf, ship. They, Worf could take the yeah. Worf could take the defiant. But from a poetic <laughs> standpoint, the it's going to yeah, be. The I know, team. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm being, I'm being <laughs> silly because it, yeah, you. And this is this. I said there are two things that disappointed me a little bit about this episode. The first was that the, well, the Borg was the big bad guys. Yeah. And the fact that yes, it's the D they're going to be flying into combat with, <laughs> right. you know, or flying into to salt save the day. Right. But again, it was small because. Squee the Enterprise D. You know? <laughs> the, I gotta say, the reconstruction of the old sets, they look perfect. It looked so good. Yes. Um the uh I do like how Worf is like, well, uh, the, the weapons isn't aren't, aren't up to snuff. And they're like, Worf <laughs> Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, perfect. And Picard says, uh it, it's just, I forget exactly how he proceeds the, the line, but he's uh basically he missed the carpets. Like the one thing I missed is yeah. well, the carpet. As we're all here together and we're remembering and i miss the carpet <laughs> yeah. i do like that the, it's a brightly lit bridge finally <laughs> we can, yes we can see what everybody's even data's like hello chair he's like grabbing <laughs> his chair he sits at um it was that they was did awesome. have the uh the the commemoration plaque or the the uh the plaque on the bridge yeah. there and had all the names you can see roddenberry's names and yep michael pillar and all them that were involved in the original yeah so. a little fourth wall break there but very very well, but that's that was there originally. That was right. there originally. Well, you just never could see it because it was Admiral. Well, you did. Yeah, I think you did really? kind of see it actually in Generations. I think you saw. It. Oh, okay. But in the original SD, but it was yeah, on TV. Yeah, you can no, you can see it on the, the yeah. old CRTs. But but if you watch the 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 remastered TNG, I think you can actually read it. Yeah, they just because never it, that is yeah. how the original plaque was there. Oh yeah, and it had like you know Admiral Gene Roddenberry and Admiral Michael Pillar and all that. Yeah. you know, that is good. I'm glad they did that. Um, and uh, Major Barra's voice for the computer as well. Yes. Which I, yes. Presumably deep faked it. I'm not sure. Reconstruction. I think, no, I think they actually, I, I saw something online. I thought where it actually was a line from um, an episode. It wasn't because there were a couple episodes where they had to completely shut down the enterprise. And I think it was taken from that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's what they also did from, um, in prodigy where they prodigy. used her voice yep. the same way. It was an archive. Okay. Well, hers and Spock's and Odo's and a couple others. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, no, I, I think that was actual lines from the series itself. Yeah. Did a little better job cleaning it up than they did in prodigy. I have yeah. to admit. I, it was nice to hear her voice though. I gotta say. It was yes, nice. it was. All right. So that's, and that's where we end the cliffhanger till the resolution next time of any last notes, father Corey. Boy, I'm going through all my notes and trying to think what <laughs> we've talked about a lot. We've talked. Yeah. Oh, we, we do see a transwarp conduit that ja I now I, I wasn't sure if Jack went through the transwarp conduit or, or the, the board came to him through it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's but true. either way, we hear about a transwarp conduit and then there's like green flashing light on his face. So I'm, I'm presuming he actually went through the conduit and maybe that'll get uh, mentioned. OK, next time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that that's oh he, he calls uh Picard calls Riker number one. Yes, yes, we get that, and we get engage. Make it so engage. engage. Yeah, we get that yep. too. Yep. So and it ends with it warping off. <laughs> very nice, very nice. I mean, it, and the music and everything. It was like a huge nostalgia moment. It was wonderful to see. Yep. I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. 
So before we get to our great feedback, yes. I have to brag. <laughs> you, this is, this so. is not even a humble brag. No, no. This is not even a humble brag. <laughs> uh, those who have been on our Discord, um, you probably saw me talk about I'm going to be going to the 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 final episode Picard IMAX experience in Seattle. Nice. So they are doing for on Wednesday. So six hours before the episode release on Paramount Plus. No spoilers. They are good. Oh no. Yeah. I'll probably post the, you know, they've all died. Yeah. You know, the, the old joke is spoiler. They all died. Yeah. No, um, they are doing intense cities, Seattle being one of them, at one theater, one IMAX theater. They are doing this experience where it's going to be the this episode Vox and the final episode as a movie on IMAX screen and free wow and i was able to get one of the passes it was free off the site wow it was free wow yeah but the site crashed so it was supposed to go live at 11 o'clock my time last wednesday and it crashed like at 10 58 (laughs) and it didn't come back up for about a half an hour or so wow and i was able to get in and quickly grab one now they're 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 purposely overbooking it because they want the theater full. Yeah. They don't want any empty seats anywhere in the theater, which you can understand. And it probably won't be a problem. It doesn't mean I'll have to be there probably an hour early or whatever, but that's all right. But it's going to be so cool. They're, you know, the free concessions, they're giving away posters. I don't know if that means everybody who goes is going to get a poster wow. or if it's going to be, you know, cert, you know, random draw or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a, like a live Q and a, obviously it's going to be all, you know, it's not like we can submit questions, but it's you know, wherever live the broadcaster from LA or whatever, right? live broadcast of a QA from wherever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Cause you know, people are going to, sh- they're recommending people. They want people to show up in costume yeah. and the whole works. I probably will wear my secrets of star Trek shirt nice. because of course, please do please gotta do. promote, <laughs> gotta promote. Um, so it actually it's dumb luck that it this worked out. Yeah. Because I'm not making a special trip to Seattle for this. Yeah. I actually my plan was to go to Seattle this coming week. Like when you hear this episode, I will be either on the way or are actually already in the the central Washington area where my dad lives. Yeah. Um so I was planning on being in the in Washington and it's only 2 hours from my dad's house across Snoqualmie Pass to where this uh where this is at. So uh, I I just like I had to jump at it. I had to go for it and I got the pass. And so nice. It's just dumb luck. It worked out and I'm looking forward to it and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to try to take as many pictures as I can, obviously not during the filming, the showing itself, but the line yep. and the theater and everything with everybody in, you know, in, in their costumes and everything. And I think it's going to be a blast. I am really looking forward to it. I'm kind of excited because this is the first of these kind of events. I've ever been able to go to, I've never been able to go to a con. Yeah. I've never been able to go to something like a special screening like this. So nice. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and I can't wait. Well, I really can't. we're going to want to hear all about it when you come back and we want to see your pictures. So we'll definitely, yes, talk about I will that. definitely, definitely be posting pictures to the discord. I will absolutely be posting pictures to the discord. Like I said, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, but I might, I might, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put one spoiler. I don't know what's going to be yet. I'm going to put one spoiler (laughs) in Star Trek spoilers on Wednesday night. So this is a warning to those of you on Discord. And if you're not on Discord, join us at sqpn.com slash Discord. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to put one spoiler and I'll have to figure out what it's going to be. Right. Because I have to. There is a there is a feature <laughs> of Discord where you can black bar. You can put a black bar over things so that yeah. you have to click on it, it explicitly it, to see what it will be. In the, it will. Yes, it will be in the Star Trek, dis, uh, Star Trek spoilers channel, and it will be black. Yeah. I'm I don't want to ruin it for anyone, right, but right, I right. will put a spoiler for those there. for those who like that sort of thing. So good, good, good. Um, awesome. I can't wait to hear all about it. I'm very jealous. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get to that feedback that we talked about. Um, First, a little bit of feedback on our last episode, Surrender. Uh, Dennis on YouTube wrote, In today's highly politicized world, I found it interesting that Lore's color in the brain scan was red and Data's was blue. Ultimately, pure, untainted blues defeated the evil, twisted reds. Hollywood. And I mean, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I, I just I will point out that red as a danger color, it, you know, that has is been part of the yeah. our 
Well, I was going to say lore, but part of our culture for a long time. Uh, so red, well, red is dangerous. Red is, red, red is kind of in our well, DNA, if you will. Yeah. To, really. I mean, it's part of our human experience that red is because it's a color that stands out. Right. And of course, fire is red and blood. So, yeah, yeah and blood, you know, and, and so and yeah, I, that's kind of an American thing, though, because you look at other countries, their red means something else yeah. for whatever party. You know, I think I think up in Canada, it's usually the liberal party is actually red usually. But right. I, I, I can't remember for sure. So, yeah, don't I, 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 I get where you're coming from and I understand it. <laughs> I don't play that much into it. Red has always meant evil. Yeah. I mean, look at Star Wars. Red lightsabers. What color is the bad guy's <laughs> lightsabers? Yeah, red. Yeah. Yep. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. But let's not think too much into that. Let's yeah. just enjoy that this has been a really good season. Yes. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, I was going to say, like, because we, you know, the Star Trek fans all swiftied the the ticket system for the final episode in, in IMAX, that's a really good sign. That says something to yeah. to the powers that be about what well, we feel we, about we, this ep- season. That's a good point. And you know, we talked about that last week where um, hopefully Paramount is watching and they probably are. Oh, yeah. I mean, just just the fact that, you know, we got Strange New Worlds because the fans said, we want this. We want this. Yes. And they got it and we watched it and we liked it. And now we got this and we watched it and we liked it. And, you know, I know there's going to be someone probably not directly hired by Paramount, but someone whose whose job it is, is to kind of watch the crowd. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody contractor or whatever and report back to Paramount uppers. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, the Seattle experience is what we saw. The L.A. experience is what we saw. And. They'll, they're watching. They want to see. Yeah. They'll, yep. Yeah. Uh, our next feedback. All of this, uh, our, the remaining feedback comes from people who were watching the uh, talking about Vox, this current episode. And uh, I didn't yep. I don't have all the feedback because some of it was basically what about the Gerardi Borg? <laughs> so that's yeah. you're all concluded. I'm not personally uh, <laughs> leaving you up, but uh, these are these are representative. Uh, so the first one is Ryan via email. Uh, I'm sure I'm ec- just echoing what you guys and others are saying. This is some of the greatest Star Trek ever produced. And I've watched this episode over and over multiple times. Ryan sent us on Thursday. <laughs> like he means mm-hmm. one day in the, that first day. Not only is it nostalgic, well, we had go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say we had feedback. Some of the feedback that Dom's reading, we got like by you know nine o'clock, ten o'clock Mountain Time. <laughs> it was pretty, you guys got up early before work <laughs> to watch this. Not only is it nostalgic, but they actually took time to write a plausible story instead of phoning it in and giving each other a hug. With that said, I have mm-hmm. to put on my Jimmy Aiken hat and ask one question. Where's Dr. Girardi's friendly neighborhood Borg? We're with you on that, Ryan. Shout out, got it. shout out to Alice Krieg for showing up and Majel Barrett's cameo. Terry Metalis will always have my vote each and every time. Terry, yes. Terry Metalis has earned a lot of credit among Star Trek fans. Terry Metalis for showrunner. I'm already <laughs> doing the campaign. Uh, Aaron Minix via email writes, it was an exciting and action-packed episode, but I'm unclear as to why Jack is needed by the Borg. It seems that the Borg could, took control of the fleet without needing his help at all. The transporter DNA implanting scheme was really all they needed. Couple that with changelings infiltrating Starfleet to get the whole fleet linked together and in one place at a time in the capital of the Federation looks to be toast. So why all this time and energy going after Jack? Is it to assimilate everyone older? But it didn't seem that the Borg cared about that since they wanted to eliminate, not assimilate everyone else. Although, also, uh, well, let's talk about that first. I will get to the, re- the second part. Yeah. They needed Jack because he is the transmitter. They they couldn't yes. take control of everyone without him being some sort of important organic link. There's something unique right. to Jack that lets them make that connection. Yeah, that, that's that's where I, I said that he's the signal booster. You know, every, right. you know, every every transmitter has a signal booster. It has something that, you know, a, a device that ramps up the power so that it can be transmitted. That's what he is. Yeah, exactly. So in a way, you know, how, however, the, 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 the specifics are that's basically is Jack was the linchpin. He was the the keys, the MacGuffin to them yep. being able to have. He is the signal in that sense. He's the signal yeah. that the Borg are using to cause the assimilation to activate. So that's that's yeah, why he was necessary. can't stop the signal. Oh, wait, different series, <laughs> different series. Uh, also, um Aaron continues, the subtext is screaming at the audience. Younger, newer Trek, symbolized by the young officers, is taking over and losing its identity while it's up to the old classic Trek, TNG era, to save the day with classic ships even. 
So we, we, yeah. we talked about that. We mentioned that. I mentioned that earlier. That's, yeah. I knew I had seen it somewhere. I couldn't remember where. But Also, we're in full retcon of Picard season two. Where are the Gerardi Borg? Down the memory hole. So also something we talked about. So uh, thank yep. you, everyone, for your feedback and uh, agreed on all of that. So uh, that'll do it this time. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Christopher H., Lynn L., Kevin B., Lisa R., and Chris G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek in all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We would love to hear any of your feedback on Vox or the upcoming next final climactic episode. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek. Our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. You can send an email to trek at sqpn.com or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch us on the Secrets of Star Trek in video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia and leave a comment there as well. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the final episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Picard, which, interestingly, we don't have a title of that episode yet so yeah unlike the rest that might be a spoiler yeah until then father Corey stika thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of star trek well thank you dom and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of star trek on star quest and remember happy frontier day everyone (laughs) 